Apparently, I just like bad bitch comic book characters. I mean, my favorites. Emma Frost, Misty Knight, Storm, Spider-Woman, Black Cat, Catwoman, Poison Ivy. I really have a problem. Oh, let's get this started. How's everybody's day? Mine's done good. Um, I want to do a, I want to do a comic book full episode. Do I feel like a full a full talk on comic books? I feel like comic books are the unsung hero of the movie age right now. Um, and they're trying to get into video games again. Like the way that they're really playing themselves into video games, um, video game media is something else. But I feel like comic books have been that gateway that's always kind of been there. You have them everything from newspapers to book stands to comic book stores to online media. And now, you know, you can't blockbuster a movie without a comic book. You know, you need the comic book to keep it going, which is crazy because, you know, it's, it's, it's not getting back to our industry. It's not getting back to the comic industry. It's not giving us them billions. We need them billions. Billions with a B. Because um, a lot of it's, you know, coming from there. Because I remember when... You know, for example, when Black Panther came out, it was like, hey, you know, but there's a, you know, Tahisi Coates, Tahisi Coates has, you know, a lot of Black Panther stuff coming out. And he has, you know, the crew, he has Black Panther, he has Black Panther having a planet, you know, Jonathan Hickman had, you know, him ruling the, not only ruling the dead, but he was a huge integral feat within Secret Wars. So it's crazy that people weren't moving from the movie theaters to the comic books. I mean, even the Avengers themselves are doing some outlandish stuff that I don't really agree with. I don't know what they're doing with Moon Knight and him getting into the... I know, okay, I've seen where he's, like, called the Fist of Khonshu, but just it's just weird. It's just weird for me. Um, so having that, but you never really see them go from... the You never see that traction go from the movies to the comic books. I understand. I mean, I get it, but I don't understand why, because I've always been into comic books. Um, I remember my first comic book was back in 1983, it was the X-Men with Jim Lee and Chris Claremont, and I got to really read it, and then I eventually went back and picked up other books, and a cousin of mine left me a trunk, and he had comic books in there, so I got privy to Batman and Bane and, and just everything. This was before, you know, before the internet, before I could get on the internet, um, and just getting into those characters and then getting into Valiant and Man of War and getting into Image with the Savage Dragon and the Wildcats and Spawn and just seeing all these different books and seeing this different influence and learning where they've come from. It'd be nice to see people go from, you know, there to there, especially because I've gotten friends to read. I remember when I was reading Civil War and I was at work, I got a friend to actually read Civil War right along with me, which Civil War had a great backbone. It just didn't end well, um, which they all do. They all have this, this great backbone. It just does not end well. Do not know why. Um, but I've really been privy into a lot of different things and just, Getting into it, and lately I've been, you know, watching the thing Matt Draper break down on YouTube, break down, you know, different villains and break them down, and you know the Arkham, um, I forget his name, I'm going to put it down, but it's like the Arkham heroes of what they do, and I mean the Arkham villains and how they get started in different storylines, like countdowns over books that I never thought existed, um, and those type of things. So that's been really cool and really concepty. Um, as you know, I know I've spoken about it before. 
but I'm big into um, when it comes to Justice League. I'm into Justice League Dark and the regular Justice League. I've really been kind of not really reading as much as I want to, but Justice League Dark and Batman have really pushed me through DC. Um, right now, Batman has the Joker War. The Joker has. I know I spoke about it before, but the Joker is really taking Batman to the header. He's really going for it. And he sent Punchline in. This is my issue with Punchline. I know this is going to be resolved. I know I've spoken about her beating up on Harley. But also, I don't think she understands the fact of where the Joker really is coming from. And I think that psychology is messing with me. Because we all know 100%. Because there's a scene in the new Batman where Harley, you know, beats her up. You know, whatever. And she's like, I'm going to kill Batman. I don't know who out of any corner of any TV needs to look at the camera and say, girl, that ain't it. <laughs> because... I don't know what would make you assume that the Joker would want you. First of all, just like Harley said, he don't call you. The Joker has does not love nobody. Nobody. But Batman and himself. So if you thought that you was putting anything, that's why he told you go after Harley. He didn't tell you go after Batman. He told you to do what you're supposed to do. Now when you come back, if you get a slap across the face, I can't stop you from it. Like, I don't agree with violence on women. Not at all. But this the man you signed up for? Like, you gotta walk away from him. Like, Batman, Joker is not it. Joker is not it. It just scares me. But, um, Joker does not want you to do it. And I think that's what Holly was trying to get to her. Holly was like, look, girl, I was there. I tried to see this. I understand where you're coming from. You may think you see it different, but you see the exact same. Because the thing is, you're saying that Holly was stupid because she tried to change him. She tried to make him different than what he was. But you're not doing anything different. You're assuming that you know what he wants. Just like you go through and you're creating all this damage and you think, oh, because you saw him, she was with him. You can't tell the woman that was with him that she don't know what's going on here because she had already seen this picture. And she knows how it's going to end. You just don't know. So that's why Punchline bothers me. Especially because they're throwing her and everything. She just bugs me. Just bugs me. Just bugs my nerves. Just bugs me. So we know for a fact she'll be running around doing her thing. I'm excited. I'm happy for her punchline. She, even though, you know, Batman popped up and was like, I am Batman and took her down. Um, so we've been doing that. I literally just started watching Casually Comics with Sarah. She, one, she's amazing. I love like her tone because she keeps it very matter-of-factly, but she still does like these little jokes that are in there. And I find that amazing, just hearing, like, the way she breaks it down. Because she's like, uh-uh, that's going to play into it later. You better watch that. Or, hey, don't do that. Check that. She's like your best friend. I'm like, girl, let me let me have a conversation with you about comics. There's an episode where she's going to go, she goes through, like, her unboxing. And I felt like I needed to watch it. But I needed, like, a drink and some music. I felt like I needed to be there with her and go through the box. She's like, girl, you got this? Oh my God, girl, you got this? Like, be all up in it. Because let me say, let me tell you something. Long boxes, if you have to ever go, any, anybody else, if you ever have to go through your long boxes, you, you sit down first and let me explain these. Long boxes are where you keep your comic books in line, in any way you organize them, however, I don't know. But they're a box that you keep them, you put a lid on them, and they keep everything in an orderly fashion if you're not able to display them or put them out. Long boxes. Okay, so back from explaining that. The long boxes that I have have so many. I have everything from image to valiant to variant to um I think it's coming to IDW to DC to Vertigo to Marvel to Malibu to 
so many companies and they're just in there and like wizard magazines oh my god like light like when you go through people's long boxes you can see where they've been where they're going and where they're at you can see it all like you can see where i stopped in my transition because the x-men are my favorite comic book ever like ever like when i say stand you know there's a beehive let me tell you something i'm an x-men stand let me say i don't care if it's it could be let me tell you right now, I'm struggling because everything in me wants to watch New Mutants. I want to risk every COVID-19 you got to sit in that theater. To sit in that theater, but I won't. And do you know why? Do you know why? Because I feel like the creator, Bob McCloud, wasn't giving any credit. And as, his, as a creator and as a fan of the original trade paperback of New Mutants, I can't support it. So I'm not going to go watch that. Because um, I, you know, I, maybe Chris Claremont mean that much to me. Like, they gave me the, the ingenuity and the energy and the presence that I needed from reading just to be a part of that world. And so the X-Men mean a lot to me because Chris Claremont brought them to where he was. Like, his stories were amazing, not just the Dark Phoenix, but everything from the Mutant Massacre to Extinction Agenda to all of it just amazing, bringing us so many different and so many of my favorites he brought us. So I'm like, you know, he brought me the White Queen. He brought Mr. Sinister. He got Mystique. You know, he made, he didn't create Victor Creed, I don't think, because I think that was Lin Wein or one of them, but he really brought them into the forefront. You know, he has all these things going for him. Like, the reason I was excited for that Fallen Angels book that was crap was because his some of his characters in that book. I don't play that game. Okay, so the X-Men mean a lot to me. So, you know, you can see where I stopped the X-Men and where I came back, all of that. So, long boxes are where it's at. Casually Comics is amazing. Like, she does these, oh my God, just watching her. She did a couple of videos on Power Girl. Now I want a Power Girl book. I didn't even care about Power Girl before this. I thought she, the most I got from Power Girl was Galactica, Gal, Gal, Galeria. I think her name was Galactica on that episode of Justice, on those couple episodes of Justice League on Cartoon Network. No, there's no way. I think I even have the, her on the DVD right here too. No, there's no way that I cared at all for anyone. But now I want Power Girl in a book and Huntress too. See what, see what she did? That's what she casually comes will do to you. She'll make you, she'll be like, oh my God, like you need to see this. And this is what's going on. And this is the power of the presence. And this is the reality of the... And she really just goes through and breaks down the story. Like, I... I'm really like, wow. Like, I really I want to sit down today and watch her. Like, that's just amazing. Um, Another one I did was... um, She actually broke down for me something I had been waiting for. I had been looking to see if I wanted to get into and try to figure it out. And that was Chew. Chew is a comic book basically about a guy who eats food and gets things off of it. But I found like that it's very sci-fi, very horror, very like this mix. So I was like, oh, okay. And I've been hearing like good things about it though. And I did read Witches and the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which are very dark books. Like you see those shows and you think you're getting that, your book on that. No, 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 no. That's drastically different. Like she sells her soul to an old god in her comic book. Like Cthulhu comes up like so don't be sitting there thinking for yourself like oh this book is just like no this is not the book that's gonna get you on the cw they had to cut that sucker back a lot to get it on that screen even on netflix so let me tell you okay we had like when the woman showed up she had like 
an empty head and no eyeballs and yeah, it was a mess. So, you know, so I, um, I really was reading that. So when a casually comment, she broke down Chew and broke down what it was about. So I was like, you know what? I think I am. So I think I'm going to pick that up because I really do want to get into that. Um, you know, just that. Um, something else, if you're also reading, of course, the Krakoa books are awesome. The X-Men Krakoa books. Krakoa is the enemy that was in Giant Size X-Men number one. Scott and them went to the island. They were captured. Krakoa's been in so much because then they threw, you know, Polaris through the island in space. We thought the island was done. The island came back during Wolverine in the X- No. Matter of fact, there was like a piece of it in Generation X number 25. Nobody remembers that, but I do. It was like a little island. They ended up on it and, Mo and Mondo was there and they were lost and they were separated. And it's a green book. It's very big. Um, then a couple years later, Wolverine and the X-Men did it because, like, he was the ground and the school was on it. That was a thing. Okay. Now, it's the island that they're living on. All of them, and I guess Selene and Implant, like, absorb people and help it, like, get psychic energy. That's why they're there. That's the whole thing. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you just a second, because we're going to get on this because, you know, they're living on Krakoa, which is, I would put the V card in front of the villain. So we go through and they're living on the island. That whole thing. So we're getting to, the island is full of criminals. You go, this thing, people are like, there's no more super villains on Krakoa. Everybody is on the same concept. You're a lie. You know how I know you're a lie? Because everybody has base means and there's always base laws. Okay. So the fact that you have the nerve to say that they aren't doing the same thing they've been doing, you got Apocalypse got this woman opened up on a table operating on her while she's still alive. Do you really? Mystique is literally waiting for you to say something stupid so she can go ahead and she left a Nimrod up there alive. She walked up to it, looked it dead in the face and was like, oh, you need to tell me where my wife is and you ain't bringing my wife back. And we done been through like 800 reservations. People have died and came back in the same issue. And you telling her you can't bring her wife back? Oh, she has full reason to turn this whole island into a slaughterhouse. Let me tell you, nobody, nobody believes anybody on that island who has done anything bad in the last 60 to 70, 80, 100, whatever years is doing anything different. Please. And Sinister's out here doing all kinds of stuff. No. And then you talk about the island like we're all no we're not all on the same page because we already know Sabretooth's gonna come out of that hole he's in they put him in down there it's going to go to the shitter and I can't wait till it does and it's all and it's probably all gonna start when they all find that Mora's been alive the whole time underneath in a dome by herself and everybody's gonna be like um where is she why is she here or the fact that you know Madeline Pryor Scott's ex-wife did he even divorce her now I think about it? Or did he just let her die be the divorce? Because somebody, I need a lawyer to talk to me. Because does this count? The fact that she died. Right. Okay, so let me break down for y'all because this also tells you about Cable. So Scott was dating Jean. Jean became the phoenix and Jean died. But you didn't notice that low-key Mr. Sinister had been following, I'm about to sneeze, following the Summers and the Grace families. So you know if he merged them together, you're gonna get like a bomb ass mutant in the mix, you know? So Scott, 
she had died or whatever. So Sinister sent himself a clone of Jean Grey. Look, basically looked just like her. I don't know how anybody was like, when he first met her, he was like, Jean, and she was like, who are you talking about? Girl, you look just like her. I don't even know how you even didn't, huh. Well, anyway, she didn't know she was a clone. She had fake memories. She started talking to him. They got married, had a baby. Still, I don't know how she did. What, what in the white woman fortitude did you think that you wasn't going to at least look up the fact of what this ex-woman, what this woman looked like so you could see if y'all looked alike. I still don't get how the hell that didn't work out. Like, you didn't think about checking a magazine, a newspaper. I know the internet wasn't around, but there was some kind of publication with her picture in it. Something. Anyways. So, she goes, does little thing, Marion had the kid. He, her, Gene comes back alive. He leaves his wife and son. Now, imagine... Didn't get a divorce, didn't tell her, didn't do nothing. He walked up out that house and left. Joined the X-Force and now he's with Gene. Mind you, the wife and the baby at home. By the way, they end up going, they went back to the X-Men mansion. So now while you're gone, you think they all died. So you don't even mourn your baby and your ex-wife. Because everybody thinks they died when they didn't. They just ended up going on some mission, got a reward, walked through a mirror known as the Siege Perilous and ended up in, ended up in Australia. Or, or no, they end up separated or whatever. So the fact is, is that your wife wasn't even really dead. She was just invisible to electronic material, which honestly they never get on that because you know the X Men who were there should honestly still should be, you know, invisible. So that would be kind of funny if you looked and you saw like Scott Jean, but you don't see Storm and Wolverine. Like that would be kind of funny. But okay, fine, leave it alone. So they do that. She goes crazy, sells her soul to a demons who, by the way, had already manipulated one of y'all mutants. And they had been popping up every so often. So I don't know why you didn't grab them. Okay? So he manipulates her. She tries to kill the baby. She ends up going crazy. They, She dies instead. Does, still does not mourn her. Then takes the baby and starts raising him as this is Gene and your and Cyclops' child. They even go to the future and raise the baby. I'm like, so you never told this child that that's not his mama. So now Madeline's back. She pissed, and she planned on coming to Krakoa and doing whatever she wanted to do. So, let her show up, let her raise hell, let me be fire with it. Because that's what needs to happen. Because I don't like Scott Summers for being a, oh, his history. Okay, so then we did that whole thing with that. Because you know he did the same thing with Frost, because she ain't do nothing wrong. Because you know she ain't like Jean, so her looking like Jean in your mind, didn't her being in the Dark Phoenix outfit did not surprise me. What shocked me is the fact that you would do it and that you was really holding the fair. Which means you, Emma doing anything she did, that's like calling her a hoe. That's like being mad at a hoe for being a hoe. Not calling her a hoe. I'm just saying, if she could stab you in the back, Emma Frost was going to do it. And Jean was the one she was going to do it every single time. And she was going to twist that knife as far as she could get it in. So what made you think she was going to do anything different in that situation? You was crazy. So when she looked back and was like, ha! Huh. Huh, I don't know what's wrong with you. And the fact that Gene invaded his mind ain't nobody ask you to is another invasion of privacy. That whole relationship is problematic. And now, ugh, anyways. So back to DC. We were, oh, Justice League Dark is getting okay. It's getting good. Um, I finally got everything caught up. Um, I had apparently missed two issues. So I read my two issues. And the two issues involved Zatanna meeting up with the other kind, the Upside Down Man. The Upside Down Man was talking shit again. <laughs> he was like, 
girl, I don't know what you're talking about. Me and my sister had magic. She went and thought it was scary. Helped them little hoes over here to face. Roll up in here and take my magic. So what I'm going to have to do is take all of y'all and kill all y'all. He thinks it's funny. He upside down. She votes to torture. She said her dad shows up. She gets more info about some stuff we still haven't figured out. She says, ha ha, upside down man can't get me because he was me. She then disappears. It's like, oh, so I guess it was not you that we were worried about today. And so Diana, Wonder Woman, does her thing, which he's not fucking with her either. And so she um, does her thing like Wonder Woman does. Battling, getting it in, going in, and one of them, and then Swamp Thing says, "Oh, I'm gonna use the last of my strength. I'm gonna do something that has never been done before." And he literally says, "Because the way that DC works, which I can't even explain all of it, because I'm not that good at explaining. I will follow Matt Draper on YouTube or something like that. I'll link a bunch of links in the in the description, but I can't put it down. So what I will tell you though is that there are better people to explain you the multiverse of DC. But he says that the green is near." where he is, where the Upside Down Man is, and he has power because of where he is and because of his connection to magic. So they just dragged all them hoes to the green. So basically, okay, I'm just wondering when is somebody going to be right because I've been hearing rumors for months that Poison Ivy is going to be the new Swamp Thing. She's going to be the new, you know, Avatar of the Green. So are we getting rid of Swamp Thing or not? Because this is two Tarbuzz where he's literally like on his last leg and hoes keep letting him live. Because in Death Metal, he took all the Green's power and now the Green is gone and they just slaughtered, like the guy just threw the rod at Robin, Robin King, threw a dart at him and now he has, you know, he's poisoned by the rot. He's dying because it decays everything that it touches. If you're not reading Death Metal, read it. So, basically, he should be dead either way. So I'm not understanding why he's here in the first place. But again, that's the whole timeline thing. Because Justice League apparently is the only book that is taking place after Death Metal. Because I haven't seen anybody even hint that they know what the hell is going on. So that's another reason why I'm not reading Justice League. Because every time I turn around, y'all want to change something. And you want to be funny. Look. Forget you. Okay? Not the new one. So I did that whole thing. Um, so I've been reading Just League, we did that whole thing. I'm not reading Flash, I'm not reading Green Lantern, I'm not reading any of those. So until those get honestly, I'm just waiting for honestly, I don't know what could get me back into this. Because let me tell you something. DC don't fire eight hundred people, then it got rid of so many darn books because the Hawkman book was done, Young Justice is done, all this is done. You shouldn't get rid of Young Justice, you get rid of Brian Michael Bendis. And that's hard for me to say because I loved the man. But he has fucked up Young Justice. Like, now the newest you we got a date night where Robin is spoiler. I don't care. Why is Tendra even with spoiler? Like, why is she even still valid? Like, am I the only one that dislikes her? Like, ugh! Why do you want to make her such a bad girl replacement? Like, move her out of the way. Get rid of her. Oh, I'm so done. But so, we're doing that. So, they got rid of all these people. All this stuff is going on the wall. All these books are getting canceled. I probably don't care. I'm waiting for whatever this winter green, winter forest DC event is, and then we'll go from there. Because apparently Marvel, I can't say anything, because Marvel sucks right now. Because that Empire one was horrible. That storyline was a mess. Let me tell you something about Empire. Empire was basically a story where they took a 1970s character known as the Messiah, Koi, 
who was born from praying mantis. You know, mantis from the Galactus, from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. She makes out and goes out and makes a baby with Swordsman, who was also an adventure, but he died. And so they replicated his body through these plants. She has a baby, which is half this alien species, half praying to praying mantis species together. The baby grows up, whatever, blah, 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 goes away. You find out that in the Kree Skull War, they started because they killed these people who were these plant people because of the fact that they want to make intellectual things. The Skrulls wanted the Kree, wanted the Kree or Skrulls not to, and they ended up creating a war, and that's how the Kree and the Skrull War started. Well, now we come into this and Kree and the Skrulls are together because apparently Koi is now anti-living creatures, and he's created some weapons that are like blooms that bloom and they destroy everything. So when we get into this, you're like, oh my god. First of all, nobody care about no 1970s character that nobody gives a gosh darn about. I don't know who said, hey, you know what we need to do? We need something obscure. And they're like, cool, let's get that going. And then they pick the plant guy. Who was going to look him up? Do you know? I only knew about it because I had looked up some, I had seen some videos on Mantis and had read across because it was like a Messiah thing. It was supposed to be around. First of all, we thought the Messiah thing was done. The baby was born, kept moving, they walked off. We thought it was done. We didn't need you to repeat and say that this was his great moment. Because it wasn't. Because at the end, he still hated people. Still hated people. He basically spat at his mama. And she's like, oh no, not me. Because she was like, she was like, this is what happens when you try to create war. And she was like, he was like, shut up, you human pig woman. Tuh, and spat at her. I was like, oh, he needs his ass slapped. So it was basically a child who was, you know, showing his ass. No, we didn't need that. Now, what is good, 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 is Venom. I'll even say Avengers is good, because let me tell you what this happens. Avengers is doing this little story, and you can tell they're trying to pull up Mephisto, because Mephisto went to jail way back in Ghost Rider and then Doctor Strange and the Damnation. That was a while back. We get to here, and now, you know, low-key, everybody's doing stuff, and you find out that Mephisto, Dracula is being led by Mephisto. The Avengers have been facing opponents who are literally just Mephisto-like, Namor has, he doesn't know it, but the guy who talked him into doing all this stuff and saying all this stuff happened, the bartender was Mephisto. The people who are the Squadron Supreme, who are are the Avengers for America, they're working for Mephisto. Literally, the devil has his hands in everything. If I tell you the devil ain't the details in this, he's literally doing everything. And there's very few people that know. Because I want to say the Avengers themselves don't know, except for I think Black Panther knows. And he's trying to figure it out. And then you have Moon Knight, who now knows, and Khonshu, because Khonshu, Khonshu tried it. And Mephisto walked in and was like, no, bitch. What you will not do is come for me. I'm multiversal. You run around here on this little plane of existence. Because he tried to kill him, and he just shows with a bunch of the people. And I'm like, okay, so let me see, man, you trying to be funny. Because he shot him in the head. And then, like, th- 15 to 20 other ones showed up. You're like, that's not funny. That's rude. And only the devil would do that. So what they're doing with Mephisto is amazing because they're weaving it in because now you got Wolverine has been captured by vampires. You have vampires walking through in the day and they're bringing things. So you know there's a war between Dracula and the mutants coming. You know there's stuff with the Avengers coming. So you know all this is coming and you know that Mephisto's behind it. What gets me is that Doctor Strange don't know shit. I don't know why we hired this man. I don't even know why you're here. You don't know a thing. How is it that all this is going on underneath your nose, sir? I'm going to need you to get it together. We can't have you doing all this and then you're going to tell us later, oh, I didn't see. 
you should see this coming. You put him in that prison. If that if he if he even walked to that door, you should know it. Oh, but then they have null, which oh my god. So apparently there's another null that starts with an N in the Marvel universe. This one starts with a K. Okay, he's been building him since the All Black, since like Old Man Thor, like. This story has been building so long and then it moved from Thor because they did War of the Realms and you find out that it's connected to, um, you find out that Melkath in the War of the Realms that is connected to like this other god and then, you know, the god is like, like was going to control Karnas but then Karnas started absorbing everything because he wanted to be stronger than Null and now that power is now moved and it's gone and it's in Venom and Venom's getting ready and it's like, buddy, everything's getting crazy. We have been almost like two to three years into this because it went from it went from all black to no. So it's been years, and I cannot wait for this to happen because it's gonna be amazing. Because let me tell you, this is how you do a story. I don't know. My feeling is like this: when you do a story, it's the little bits. Like it's like when Jonathan Hickman did Secret Wars. He did the thing where. He talks about the super flow when he talks about, you know, the connections between the universes. And you slowly get into it and then slowly get into the villains. And all of a sudden you get one world collides with another world and explodes. And you find out about the incursions. And then the incursions come through and then you find out that the world is going to end and we have no choice in this. But what you don't know is that Loki is also weaving that the Molecule Man is here giving power to, you know, Doctor Str- to the Doctor Doom. And the Doctor Doom has something going on. He's trying to figure out what's going on with the incursions with Doctor Strange. And then the world ends. And when it comes back, we have the secret wars with Battle World. And come to find out, Doctor Strange has taken all, Doctor Doom has taken all that power, including the Molecule Man's, brought it all together. And then, bam, they've created this universe, this whole universe, this whole planet, full of the other planets. So we save the universe. You know, that was woven since the beginning, since they started doing all these little itty bitty tidbits, since they've been pushing it in. So Hickman's really good at that. That's why I like, that's why I'm loving Hickman on X-Men right now. Because with him on X-Men, he's literally talking about all the things that are going on. He's weaving these little bit pieces. He's talking about time, the phalanx. He's talking about all these things. So just imagining all the various things that are going on, I honestly can't piece it together. So it's going to be amazing to see all these new stories. I'm curious. I'm most curious about the Mephisto story because I mean, he's the one I know the least about. Um, I really haven't read any because I thought, like I said, I've been reading old little stories. I read Lady Thor. Um, I've read, you know, Original Sin. I've read War of the Realms. Um, you know, I read the new Thor book. So I read all those little things that got me into, you know, what what it was with Thor and what it was all these different things and things like that. So I get that. But Mephisto I know nothing about. I know he was the I know he the one he y'all hate because he took Spider-Man's win from him in one more and bring a new day. I know that or no more day or whatever you want to call it. Um so I know yeah he's the one y'all hate for that. But I don't know pretty much much more than that about him. So I'm super excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. I do know he broke out of that jail and I know that Doctor Strange doesn't know and I haven't seen him. And the thing is, you know he up to something. Because he ain't going for his position. Because remember, he was the king of hell. Like, all them levels, all that stuff. He was a demon lord. He was on the top notch of the top notch. You know, and he left Ghost Rider there. Lilith is walking around. You know, her little mini, she was walking around on Earth. He has not shown up to nobody's home. He ain't seen Blackheart. 
He has seen nobody who is involved with the stories that are in the underworld as far as Marvel Comics. So, in watching that, I'm like, so you don't care. He cares. He's plotting something. He's plotting something. He's having fun. Especially because he's already done. Oh, because he was in, um, what's the Young Mutant story? Not Young. What's, it's not Young Warriors. Um, Champions. He was in Champions and he made a deal with Spider-Man. So, I mean, this dude is making, he's plotting. He's doing stuff that you would, like, when I tell you, Mephisto is on it. The Marvel Universe, let me tell you something, on it. They on it. So, they really into something. And I'm really super excited about what that does to the stories about what we're doing here. Um, I left off, and I really want to get into it because I really want to talk about Transformers. I really got into the point of um, starting the new series after because I read I caught up and read up on like a couple of the miniseries in getting Unicron and then the universe changed I saw how that they were going more of an exploratory sort of like showing them from before the war and getting it all together so I would love to get back into that because I'm a huge Transformers fan um I know many people don't think that that would be the truth but it is um my favorite is Starscream I love the Seekers um I'm a huge fan of the, of the Seeker, G1. Um, I have the first season on DVD, or the first and second season on DVD of the original, and I have the last two se- last couple seasons of um, Beast Wars on DVD. And I just find it so peaceful. So, because you're sitting there watching, you see, I even the, the movie, and just seeing what they've created and what they've gotten from this ground up, as far as, like, the mythos of Transformers, I think that came from, from you know, when they created the stories and so i love just the ideas of it and i follow um a co- you know i follow the idea of being able to do all the various things and i follow a couple of uh transformers um ones i'm super excited about it um i'm, I'm trying to figure out um so yeah, that's something I really want to get into. Um, like I said, I hope when DC is launch. Something I've been thinking about really, and I want to take this to you guys. I really want to think about it. I feel like they would do really good in mixing in Wildcats and DC. Because I know Grifter's showing, Grifter's showing up for DC Comics for Batman. The Joker War is going to show up. I feel like, wouldn't it be amazing if like we we had a woman show up like a lady in red of an assassin show up and she's taking on you know she's traveling with like cheshire or or um lady shiva and they're just assassins just doing things and then a couple months down the road you find a zealot um or voodoo shows up and she's in the magic world and she shows up a couple places and you find out that it's end up being voodoo princess it's voodoo um i would love for them to mix in the wildcats in there um, I have such this, I would love to sit down with you guys and tell you, like, this whole story I have in my mind about, um, what we can do it now. I had always visualized, like, I would retroactively do this, like, with him, Grifter coming, you would have Lady Sheba or Cheshire would go into Gotham during the Joker War, and they would have, like, some resource needed, and, you know, but of course, Batman would be like, Cheshire, why are you here? Cheshire's like, you know, before I was paid to stop you, now I'm paid to help. You know, I work for a check. Bruh, I'm here for a check, Sam. So, Bruce. So, you know, he sit there and he's laying red. And so she would come across the grifter. You wouldn't get any clues, really. But you would start to notice her. And so throughout the different stories, you maybe have her facing Batgirl, teaming up with Batgirl. 
you know, you wouldn't get too much. She wouldn't talk or anything like that. You would just get action from her. She's a character that you would literally use her body language and her art and the art of the artist to really put that in there. And then one day, you know, when it comes up as the, as you know, the MacGuffin, one day, you know, you find out, and there's always something blocking her face. Like, you never really get a view of her face, either a weapon or a wall. Something's always obscuring her face. You know, just be smart about it. Something's just always obscuring her face. A shadow, something. But then one day, you find this your face. It's not the face you think it is. It's just a woman with a black hair looking. It's kind of um, short, it's shorter black hair. Then one day, you know, we do like a big crossover. You do like maybe like the JSA up here or something like that. Or, you know, Grifter shows up and he's with the Justice League and you face the woman in red, she falls. All of a sudden, what appears on her face are the, the two red lines on his cheek, the white, I mean, the red on the, the red on the, on the forehead. And then her hair transforms to like, sh like a bob that's white. And then you're like, oh my God, it's Zealot. Oh my God, Zealot. So then, you know, Zealot, you know, in her hair, she does her fighting, she talks for a minute, and the only thing she says is Coda, you know, her group. So then they're done. You know, we go back, she runs away, done. You, you won't see her for a while. And then eventually, in the Justice League Dark, you know, something happens with, say, magic or something. Something happens with a really a big magic thing. And then Zatanna goes in and she says she has a connection. Her connection is a woman, light-skinned woman from the bayou. And it's, and it's voodoo. So you see Voodoo and she's a nice, beautiful woman. I would say give her, you know, a little bit of curves, you know, make her a good, like, me, like dark, medium skin, you know, just make her a nice brown skin, black woman, green hair, beautiful, luscious, maybe a little wavy, you know, and her look like, you know, just normal things like that. Just maybe her walk up in jeans and a t-shirt, tells the tan to come in and she has this weird connection with spirits and things. And what you know, and things like that, and you find out that it's voodoo. So you're slowly getting them in there, and you're getting this like getting them into the main story. So eventually, when they meet, you know, you have you know, you have the various ones that are known as the Wildcats. So just weaving them in, those are some of my thoughts that I had about you know how we could weave them in, especially now that you have Grip, you already got Grifter. Oh, my man, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, don't bring in Grifter, and then don't bring in the rest. I'm just saying. Because I would buy a DC Wildcats book. You can either do a thing where, you know, eventually you bring in, you know, you do a Wildcats book launch. And you have a teenage boy who doesn't know how to get his powers. And you find out he has Caribbean blood. And he becomes Warblade. And you come to find out, you know, because come to find out maybe Voodoo is evil. And maybe she has a boyfriend. And the boyfriend is Rip Claw, his brother. Bam. Bam. Let me tell you something. I would tear. Don't come for me. Because I would do this. Like, honestly, I feel like that would be a really ingrained story about, like, how you got them weaved in. Because this new continuity, I don't think we really have them. And I love Alamore and all them and all these great writers who didn't last, you know, the big Wild Storm book. Or no, I ain't doing that. No. You can take that. I feel like this, it could be woven in. I think that this would be a great way to weave in the Wildcats into a story, especially that gives them because then you have Zealot, who's a part of the Batman, like villain, rogue, mixed suicide squad, mixed group of people. And then you have the other ones who, when you speak with them, you know, you have them connect too, because then you have Voodoo's connect to the Justice League Dark. So you ever connect to the magic world. Um, and then you know, you eventually you can connect to each one. So then that way, 
even if you want to mix them in in a different way to say, for instance, a different line or a different look, bam, you can go ahead and do that. So I feel like this could easily be done. So, you know, DC call me. I heard you got openings. <laughs> I heard you have openings for a job. I mean, you just let go. Like, a child, don't let me get, don't get me started. Y'all, child, I'm, I just need them to fix whatever problems they got. First of all, the one thing I do want to close in, let DC Universe go and bring all that stuff over to HBO Max. Nobody is going to multiple places because I'm not buying DC Universe. I'm not buying comic books, but I have a comic book store that I can support. Hello, local heroes in Norfolk. I can support my own comic book store. I'm not going to yours to pick up books. On top of that, when they... Child, no. And then there's comicsology. There's books blows. Like, what do I look like going to, like, no. Like, no. Not on my TV on my PlayStation. No. Not on my new Roku TV. No. Nobody is sitting home reading through those comic books. So that's not a benefit. So you can't say that because comicsology and the rest have those. So I can read that on my phone and on my iPad. And if you're talking about the TV shows, some of those are trash and need to be canceled. You go ahead and let go of Teen Titans, move Starfire over to a Swamp Thing show, bring back Justice Bring in Justice League Dark, bring back Swamp Thing. I don't know why you, first of all, I don't know why you got rid of Swamp Thing when it is to the grade 100,000% times better than Teen Titans. Y'all doing too much. Because Teen Titans is a hot mess, and I'll talk about that next time. But it is a hot ass mess. Okay? Doom Patrol is already on HBO Max. Like, so is Harley Quinn. Your arguably best shows are now on HBO Max. Just go ahead and move the rest on over. Even I mean, even the movies are now on there. Like I watched a dirt. I watched a couple of Justice League movies the other day. I watched the Teen Titans versus Trigon, you know, versus the Justice League on HBO Max on my TV. I had no need for your DC universe, and so if I have to bash it to the ground, I will bash it to the ground. Cause the CW app got Star Girl, and let me tell you something, y'all stupid for that because that's again one of your best streaming shows. The fact that you aren't pushing it harder, or there's no reason why that girl, Cameron Gelman, the black, all of them, Dr. Midnight, none of them should have a problem. You should be pushing the JSA like to no, there's no tomorrow. The fact that you literally have Sportsmaster, Icicle, the Gambler, all of them, you have the JSA right there, and there's no JSA book. DC, don't get me started. Then you go try to bring JSA back in that book that took three years to do. I love you, Jeff Johns, but darling, you got to put a hold on something. You can't be doing movies and TV over here and comic books over here because something lacks it. Something lacks it. I don't know how much... I thank you so much for creating Stalker. I don't know how much you was involved with the show, but 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 you got to figure something out because we can't keep doing this. We just can't. I feel like I'm talking to you directly. I know I'm not. I'm sure you're not hearing this, but you need to see this. Let it go. Because we need a JSA book. I be getting super excited about Power Girl. I said that earlier, I get super excited about Power Girl, Huntress. You know, everybody loves Jay Garrick. Everybody loves Alan Scott. Now you got Stargirl out here. You got this young dude playing Our Man. Come on now. Come on. Get us a book. I feel like I'm talking to myself. I feel like I'm literally talking to like my screen and my equipment here, my microphone, and people aren't hearing me. And they're gonna be like, nobody cares about the JSA. Nobody cares. Johnny Lightning, Johnny Thunder ain't nothing. People ain't nothing. What I need you to do is look up Matt Draper 
on YouTube and look up what he has. Look up the breakdown of the JSA. They're amazing. The Doom Patrol, they're amazing. All these things are amazing. There is no reason on why the JSA does not have a book. That is such a problem. Especially with the Justice League doing what it's doing. Because I don't know what they're doing. They're adding. Y'all trying to get magic people. So y'all add Madam Xanadu. I don't know what she's going to do. Because if all y'all die, she's still going to walk away. She's immortal. Y'all ain't doing shit for her. So y'all could lose. Literally, that book could be canceled. And everybody could die. Madam Xanadu be like, peace out. Bye. No, don't have to worry about that. So now, you need to support the stuff you got going. You move it on over to HBO. And let it go. Don't worry about it. We don't need the DCU. Look, and then on top of that, you fire Asian. Let me tell you something. That was shady as hell. I know I talked about that earlier, but that was so shady for the fact that they literally had DC fandom and the DC fandom was pre-taped. So the people were let go. Like, it really didn't even matter that they were there. It's like, oh, you fired anyway. Like, oh, you want to tell me about your job, but you but you already know you let go. You just ain't telling nobody. Like, nah. Mm-mm, shady. And then Henry Cavill trended the other day, which, I mean, hey, Henry. But we all know also that he, um, you know, we don't know if he's going to be Superman or anything like that. The Rock is sick. Robert Pattinson is sick. Which I want them to get better. I really do. But I feel like, oh, it's just the energy. DC, be better. Treat your people better. Treat your people better. Because it seems to be working through the whole company. Disney don't have this problem. As I'm sitting here looking around, I'm talking to myself. Um, so yeah, so hopefully, you know, you know, you gotta get better with it, DC United. Um, speaking of apps, I don't know, Marvel still doing the Marvel Universe and all that stuff. It's, just, it's fine though. If it wasn't just so behind, also I feel like they need to figure out a way to get you know other creators in it because I talk about this all the time. But I feel like, and I'm going to put down the review by your local comic book shop, but I feel like there needs to be something done for local, because I don't want the local stores to go away. And I feel very supportive of that and very supportive of them. I know it looks like we're really going to go digital. I'm guessing that's where we're going, but I really want to head in that direction as far as I want to be able to get our local, our, our comic book store still up and running. So I want to thank you so much for being here. You guys are excellent. You guys are awesome. I'm going to go ahead and go so that I can go ahead and get a drink and feel better about myself because I love comic books and that makes me like nothing special because everybody loves comic books, everybody likes comic book movies. So I'm gonna watch stuff through my YouTube list and feel good about myself. So how about you do the same and I will see you next time.